Good evening and welcome to our live broadcast, which we do every Tuesday, studying the word of God, learning some very powerful truths from scripture and seeing what the word of God has to teach to us. And uh, we've been doing a series on the healing ministry of Jesus, studying the different cases where Jesus healed people, learning some very powerful truths and principles from the word of God. We're going to continue that series tonight. So far, we've learned some very powerful things. And tonight I want to look at uh, really how to get results from God when nothing else is working. Uh, a lot of people feel like that everything they try is not working. Well, we're going to see that there is one sure word, one sure route when you put these principles into practice uh, and follow according to what the Word of God teaches. You can always get results, uh, and that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible shows us. So when you begin, when when you understand this and realize that this work, this route works when nothing else will. And sometimes people are trying to receive from God and they're hoping that there'll be a healing minister come to town or they're hoping that somebody can pray for them. Someone can, someone else can help them or they look for other people to pray. And sometimes there's just nobody else. And we, 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 we kind of feel like, well, there's no chance. There's no hope. The reality is actually that there is a way that everybody can receive from God, no matter whether they have people to help them, no matter whether they have someone else to pray for them, no matter whether they know someone else or have a, an anointed minister or anything else, there is a sure way to receive from God. And it's taught in the Bible. We're going to look at a woman tonight who uh, was able to receive healing, even though she didn't have any other, op any other way to help her. She, her options were very limited. And yet God responded to her and, and, and she received healing. So we're going to look tonight at the Syrophoenician woman in Matthew 15. I want to invite you to go in your Bibles to Matthew 15 and have a look there with us and have a look at these scriptures and see what the word of God is teaching us. Now, we've been, uh, as I said, we've been doing a series on the, the cases of healing in the ministry of Jesus, looking at the different individuals that Jesus healed. We've been looking at the principles involved in them receiving healing. And learning from uh, from what the Gospels have to show us from the healing ministry of Jesus. The Holy Spirit chose each of these cases of healing. They're not just randomly put in there. See, Jesus healed more people than the ones that we're given details of. Because there's a number of times the Bible says Jesus healed them all. We're not given detail, but the Holy Spirit specifically chose a number of cases, to case studies, you could say, cases where we're given detail, we're shown what's involved in the healing process, and we can learn from these. And the reason the Holy Spirit chose these is because he wants us to know the principles. He wants to know how did they get what they got, what was involved in that. And I believe that if we take the principles taught in the Word of God, if we put them into practice, we can get the same results they got. Now, there, there's a lot of people who are not convinced that this works for healing. They do not believe that, you know, you can take the biblical principles, put them into practice and receive healing. Let me ask you a simple question. Can you take the principles taught in the Bible, uh, the principles of receiving Jesus by faith? Can you take those principles as taught in the gospel, in the word of God, and put them into practice and expect to receive salvation? Uh, I don't think there's many Christians that will doubt that. Most Christians will tell you, if you, 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 you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, confess him as Lord with your mouth and repent and turn to God, that you'll be saved. And they don't have any problem believing that Bible principles work in connection to salvation. But the moment you try to show them that Bible principles work in connection to healing, they, they want to resist you. They want to fight you. Say, oh, no, it's not always like that. It doesn't happen like that. 
what if what if we did that with salvation? What if we said, well, it doesn't, doesn't always happen or the way the Bible says. God doesn't save everybody. Even if someone turns to the Lord Jesus Christ and cries out to God or puts their faith and confidence in Jesus and the work of the cross and, and believes that God raised Jesus from the dead, confesses Jesus as Lord with their mouth, and, and, and then God says, oh, no, it doesn't always work that way. Sorry, it's not for you. Uh, you know, that, that would just, the whole gospel message would crumble. We wouldn't be able to pr- pr- preach salvation. We wouldn't be able to really preach, come to God. If it was just a matter of God just saves those he feels like it and ignores the rest of them, even if they put the Bible into practice, then we wouldn't really have a gospel message. So you see this idea that it works in the area of salvation, but no, you can't preach those principles in the area of healing or receiving from God in other areas. That's not Bible truth. That idea is man's idea. It's religious mindsets that are not in line with the word of God. I believe God has given us these principles so that if we put them into practice, we apply the word of God, we can receive the results. And and it's not a might, if, maybe, and, and hopefully in this series so far, you've also began to realize that healing is not as mysterious as we've made it. It's not as hard to receive as we've made it. We've tried to make it this very mysterious subject and people have been very confused. But when you look at the word of God step by step, which I believe we've been doing in this series, you'll soon begin to realize that healing is simple. It's not as hard as we make it out to be. We make it hard when we don't understand the principles and we don't apply the principles. But one of the things we've seen so far is quite a few principles repeat in a number of the different cases of healing. And uh, I've tried to highlight them as they repeat, and we'll see some of them repeated again tonight uh, in the case we're going to be looking at. Now, uh, just just to remind you, we've been uh, we've we've divided the, the healing cases in the ministry of Jesus into a couple of different sets. Uh, we've been looking at the first set. Now, the way we've divided it is that we're looking at the people that came to Jesus, people who approached Jesus first. Jesus didn't go to them. They came to Jesus. And we've been looking at what's involved uh, when people come to God, when we approach God. And uh, we've seen the same principles repeated over and over. Now, there's a different group of healings in the ministry of Jesus where Jesus went to the sick person. And we'll look at those next. Uh, tonight is actually the last one of the ones who came to Jesus. Uh, so from next time, we'll begin to teach the principles of the ones that, that where Jesus went to them. And there's still some very powerful principles you can learn from those, even to benefit you when you approach God. So stay with us and stay hooked up with the series. Then there's a third group, which I mentioned briefly last week. Uh, it's a much smaller group. And these are the ones where a group of people interceded on behalf of the sick person. Now, let me just clarify, this is not the sick person asking a group of people. This is a group of people uh, who, who initiate the healing, not the sick person. If, if the sick person initiates it, then the principles of faith are involved. So we'll look at that group, uh, that set uh, of people uh, at, toward the end. So let's go to Matthew chapter 15. Now, uh, we're going to see here a woman. Now, one of the things that we we mentioned last week is that these last two cases we're looking at, the centurion and the Syrophoenician woman, both of these were Gentiles. And that's significant because it's during the time of Jesus' life on this earth, the, the covenant, the promise was only available to the Jews. Uh, Jesus, you see there, I try to clarify this a lot of the time. Sometimes we think that while Jesus was on this earth, he was here for everybody. And the Bible does say God so loved the world that he sent his son, and he sent his son for the world. However, just in correct chronological order, uh, 
the gospel only became available to everybody at the cross, the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus to the Father's right hand. That's when the gospel and that's when the covenant became available to the Gentiles and to everybody. Before that, it was for the Jews. And so the Old Testament, it was for the Jews. And Jesus, while he was on this earth, was introducing the new covenant, but he was still operating under the old. And uh, therefore, he ministered to the Jews. That's why he didn't really spread his ministry out beyond Israel, because those were the people that, that at that time that it was available to. However, we've seen a number of Gentiles. We've seen that the centurion last week received. Now, he was helped along by some of the elders of the Jews interceding and, and, and asking Jesus on his behalf. And we'll cover that at a later point. This Syrophoenician woman, she had nobody to ask for her. She didn't have anybody to stand up for her. She didn't have any Jews pleading on her behalf. Uh, also, because she was a Gentile, she had no covenant. She had no promise. She had nothing whatsoever in her favor guaranteeing or, or, or even uh, allowing her access to God. She had no tabernacle. She had no sacrifices. She had no access to the Holy of Holies. She had no access to the presence of God, no covenant, no promise, nothing. And in fact, even we're going to see this when she spoke to Jesus, Jesus even said to her, I wasn't even sent to you. And he, and he seems to ignore her. So she doesn't even have a minister sticking up for her to minister the healing anointing to her. And yet she was able to receive. By the end of the passage, she got what she came for and the healing has occurred. So we want to see that when you've got absolutely nothing else, when you don't even have, a, I mean, as Christians, we're still better off than this woman because we do have a covenant. We do have the word of God. We do have a promise. We've, we've even got more than she's got. And yet uh, she was able to receive. So let's have a look at this. If you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 15, we're going to have a look at this woman, and we'll also we'll, we'll probably cover this passage a little bit next time because we're going to use some of the principles in here to launch into the next uh, part of the series where we look at the cases of the people who came to Jesus. So Matthew chapter 15, I, I trust you've got your Bibles with you and we can look at this together. And uh, just as we look at this, Father, we just thank you that you give us understanding of your word. Help us to, to receive revelation from the scriptures now. Thank you that you give me utterance and you, you help me with boldness to speak the word of God clearly and to bring understanding and revelation to the people as they listen to this in the name of Jesus. So let's look here, Matthew chapter 15. And uh, I think for all of you who are watching these, I thank you that you're making this a regular part of your Bible studies, and, and uh, I trust you growing. I'm getting some really good testimonies of people who are just really encouraged and receiving a lot from these teachings, and that just encourages me, and I appreciate that. Please continue. Let me know. And there's new people that are coming in that are, that are finding out about these as the videos are shared and, uh, and are starting to receive from them, and I appreciate that. Matthew chapter 15, the Syrophoenician woman. Uh, Syrophoenician, in other words, she was she was not a Jew. And like I said, she had no covenant, no promise. She didn't even have Jesus uh, ministering or sent to her. She had to get this all by herself. And she got it. That's the good news. When you've got nothing else, there's a way you can receive from God. Let's, let's look at this. Uh, Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21 says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a woman of Cana, Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. 
And we'll, we'll work our way through these verses, but let's pause as we go through this and, and, and comment on some different things. One of the things we've been looking at in this series is the way people approached, the way they came to Jesus. Uh, if you remember, some of them uh, came focused on the, the problems. They came desperate, focused on the desperation. There was no faith. In fact, there was even unbelief in the request, and Jesus had to adjust them. Uh, some of the others we've seen came with what I've called a neutral request. Uh, in other words, it, there was no unbelief in it, but there was also no faith in it. And we need to, I, I'm repeating this because I want you guys to start getting rid of neutral requests. Just asking does not mean you are asking in faith. Just saying, Lord, help me is not a faith request. That is a neutral request. It's neither faithless or faith-filled. So I've been encouraging you to fill your requests with faith. Uh, verbal faith, actual confidence in God, begin to say, Father, I thank you. You are the healer. I thank you for the promises in your word. I thank you. And, and speak out who he is uh, and speak out the promises. Put faith and show confidence in those promises. Lord, I thank you that when I approach you, I know and I have confidence that you respond and, 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 and you do as I ask. And because your word says so, not because of me, but because of Jesus. And then put faith into the request and then say, Father, now I come to you in Jesus' name and I, with that confidence in you, and then you request what you're asking for. So let's look at this woman's actual approach first because it, it helps us understand why things then went the way they did. Uh, verse 22, the woman comes and, and she says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And what I want you to notice is that she asks for mercy, have mercy on me. Uh, she states the problem. My daughter is severely demon possessed, but there is no faith. There's nothing. There's no confidence in God in this request. For those of you who are just joining us, we're in Matthew chapter 15, looking at the Syrophoenician woman. But there's no faith or confidence in God in the request itself. This is what we have been explaining to you up until now is a neutral request. She just says, have mercy on me. That's asking. Uh, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. That's stating the problem. Where in this request is any confidence in Jesus? Now, I, I know that you're the healer. It's not present. And someone might say, but she says, oh, Lord, son of David. Very true. Now, remember, this one's not a Jew. Uh, the son of David was the Old Testament promised Messiah. She had no access to the son of David. So there was no promise for no, no, no access to her for this. She just cried out, oh, Lord, I, it's possible she'd heard other people say maybe she's copying. I don't know. We're not told. But just saying, Lord, please do this is not a faith filled request. That's just that's just a request, a neutral request. So and, and understand this woman is in a desperate situation. I don't, I don't know if any of you out there are mothers. We've seen a number of fathers in the different passages. This woman's a mother, her daughter. You know, I, I don't know about you, but my understanding of mothers is that when their children are in danger, they're going to stick up. They're going to do something. There's a desperation. Try and put yourself into the emotions sometimes of these things. We kind of almost read them as if it's monotone text. This woman's crying out. Uh, it says she cried out to him, have mercy. Okay, She's desperate. Uh, her daughter is in, a, it says, severely demon-possessed. This is, it's, again, a quite a severe situation that's going on here. She's probably quite urgent. She's desperate. And once we, one of the things we see is desperation is not what gets you a result. Now, desperation might get you to go to God, but that's not what gets you the result. Faith is what gets you the result. So there's no faith in her initial approach. Now, later on in the passage, we'll see Jesus mentions faith. 
And that's true. But the faith is going to come in as the as the passage progresses. It's not there. It's not evident. It's not visible in her words or her actions at the start. Now, let's look at what happens next. So she cries out in verse 22, Matthew 15, 22. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. And what happens next? Verse 23 says, but he, Jesus, he answered her, not a word, silent. Now, this isn't the first person we've seen where Jesus reacted like this. If you remember the two blind men, Jesus didn't respond to them either. This is not a unique situation. Uh, if you remember, I, I explained to you how the two blind men pretty much followed Jesus right across town, crying out to him, have mercy. They were the same thing, have mercy on us. I think they might have even cried out, son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus just kept walking, kept walking all the way into the house he was going to. Um, you see, sometimes people struggle. They think, why am I getting silence from God? Uh, I don't know if you've ever felt like, uh, you know, I've prayed and it just feels like, feels like heaven is silent. Well, part of the answer is this, is that there's no faith in this request. What, is, what does God respond to? He responds to faith. Now, her request was neutral. There's no, there, there's no faith in it, and Jesus doesn't respond. Now, understand this. Jesus is not being mean or nasty with what he does with this woman. Uh, one of the things I've tried to explain to you and show you in this series so far is that Jesus knew how to help people. He knew how to take them from where they were to where they needed to be in order to receive. And, and what Jesus does with this woman is, is, is respond to her in a way that is designed to draw faith out of her. Okay? Um, now, the thing is, the same things that will draw faith out of some people draw doubt and unbelief out of others. See, when it feels like God is silent, when it feels like God's not responding to your request, some people get more determined. They get more persistent. They push more into God. Other people get up, get discouraged and upset and give up and start coming up with new doctrines about how when you pray, God doesn't always give you what you ask for. And they start trying to re-edit the word of God to fit their, their experience. See, not everybody responds with faith. This woman could have given up at this point. She could have walked off and she, to be honest, she could have started talking about that nasty prophet. He didn't even respond to me. I thought he was a man of love. He preaches love because Jesus did preach love. He preaches love and he didn't even respond to me. What kind of love is that? She could have had quite a range of reactions to Jesus here. Now, Jesus is not trying to be nasty to her. He, he wants to draw faith out. And remember, we saw with the two blind men that Jesus kept walking. And like I said, they could have given up at any point. They could have walked away. They could say, he's not even responding to us and just walked off. However, they responded by being more determined, by crying out more, by being determined to keep pushing in and following him as far as it was necessary. This is the response of faith. This is where we start to see something coming out of this woman is by how she reacted next. Instead of getting upset and discouraged at the silence, she held on even more and drove on even more. Uh, and, and, and biblical principles started coming out in her actions, the correct way to behave. And uh, this is what you want. Sometimes when it feels like God is silent, what, what, what is needed is a response of determination to keep pushing in instead of quitting and getting discouraged. So if unbelief can kick in. You find out what's in somebody when they put in a, put in a challenging situation. If you put some, a person who's filled with unbelief and doubt, you put them under pressure, doubt and unbelief comes out. They get discouraged, they quit, they give up. 
But a person of faith doesn't give up. I hope you've begun to see that from what we've talked about in this series so far. We've seen that a number of times. So Jesus is silent. So how do you respond when it feels like heaven is silent to your request? Well, what does this woman do? Let's look. We're going to see some different characteristics coming out of her. Now, remember, for those of you who've just joined us, this woman had no covenant. She had no promise. She had nobody praying on her behalf. And we're going to see next, even Jesus said, I wasn't even sent to you. Every single thing was was not working in her favor to get a result. And yet she was able to, by the end of the passage, she got what she came for. So it is possible to get God to move in your life when it feels like everything is, 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 is against you. You don't have someone to pray for you. You don't have people to stand with you. There's no anointed minister in town. There's no healing evangelist anywhere nearby. Everybody's ignoring your requests, not listening to you. And you just feel isolated and alone. Yet when faith begins to arise, you can get what you need from God. That's what we're going to see with this woman. So silence in her uh, from Jesus, her initial response, her initial request, which had no faith in it, was just a neutral request, got no response. Now, Jesus responded like this. He's not trying to be nasty. He's not trying to be a mean person. Jesus is love. He knew how to love people. Love is not about making it easy on someone and giving them what they want all the time. Love is not just about pandering to, to, to their demands. And uh, giving them love is about helping a person. And that might mean responding in a way that they don't like. So Jesus, by being quiet, wasn't the way we would think. I would like love to respond, but actually it was the way that was going to help her. Uh, a lot of people who feeling like it's a challenge to get what they need, what uh, you see, when it's harder, when it's a challenge, that's when you've got to press in more. That's when you've got to hold to biblical truths even more. And that's what this woman began to do. Uh, Many people quit. We've seen this over and over again. When it feels harder, when it feels uh, like it's not happening, when it feels like heaven is quiet or silent, that is when you drive even more into biblical principles. You get more determined. Now, let's look at at what happened. Okay. Um, Now, let me just remind you of a couple of things just before we do. I've said in our approach to God, some of the characteristics we've seen so far in this series, and these are repetitive characteristics, is we've seen, first of all, determination is a big characteristic of faith. We've seen it with the woman with the issue of blood, the two blind men, the the man born by four, uh, and, and, and other cases as well, determination. The other thing we've seen, and I've begun to mention in the last couple of weeks, is humility. Uh, a number of people, the leper even, we saw many weeks ago, he lay down, down. Uh, and, and a couple of other people knelt and they and worshipped. Those are acts of humility. Humility and determination are two characteristics of faith. And they should be coming out. See, you can be determined but not have humility. People who are determined to get a result but don't humble but don't have the humility in their heart, what happens is their determination starts to be more demanding and put more pressure on you. Be my answer, be my answer, I need your help. And they keep determined, but their determination lacks humility. Uh, You've got to understand how to be determined with humility together. And this is what begins to happen with this woman. So the things we've seen in the approach with God, determination, humility, also show faith in your words. And when necessary, it's not always necessary, show faith in your actions. Sometimes faith in your words is enough. But those are four things, the key things. So this woman, 
she sticks with it. She, despite what, what appears to be resistance from Jesus, she sticks with it. Jesus is not being nasty. He's giving her an opportunity to get her prayer answered. But, but certain characteristics need to start coming out of her in order for her to get a result. So um, <clears throat> it's, let's see what happens. Let's go back to uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse 23 we read. He answered her not a word. Silence, silence. And I think a lot of people have felt like sometimes heaven is silent to them. Heaven's silence is never designed to hurt you, harm you, or withhold from you. It's designed to draw faith out of you to get to make you more determined to press into biblical truths, not to back away from biblical truths. Um, now, even more problems now, because now the disciples speak up. Verse 23, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. I want you to notice the one thing Jesus did not do. He did not send her away. <laughs> now, there's a number of times of disciples had the attitude, send them away. If you remember when uh, when Jesus fed, I think it was the 5,000 um, uh, in John, one of the passages, it, it, it says there that, that the people were hungry and, and the, the, the disciples came and said, send them away. These people are hungry. Send them that they may go, might go and get food. The disciples very often just wanted to send people away to go and fix their own problems. And that's not Jesus' attitude. Jesus does not say, off you go, woman, I wasn't sent to you. That is the one thing he does not say. He does not tell her to go away. Now, he does say, I'm not sent to you. He does stay, stay quiet. He does not send her away. And that's because he's not trying to get rid of her. He's trying to help her. The disciples' attitude is wrong. Send her away. Get rid of her. She's annoying us. Okay? Now, let's look what happens now in verse 24. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, I'm not going to go into this phrase in depth this week because I want to I want to draw from that truth next week. We're going to look at this sending, Jesus being sent. It is a very powerful biblical principle that is going to lead us into the next part of the study where we look at the people that Jesus went to. Jesus was sent to certain people uh, to minister to them. But here he talks about not being sent to her. In other words, she was a Gentile. At this time, Jesus was not sent to her. Only from the cross did this become available to everybody. So while Jesus was on the earth, his ministry was for the Jews, to the Jews. He says, I was not sent to you. Okay. Um, like I said, we'll, 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 we'll study this in depth. So just temporarily, just let's move over that actual truth. And I'm going to study it in depth from next week and the, the, the week after. But let's, I want you to notice how, how this woman begins to change. So, uh, once she's being determined to keep pressing in, but actually she, there's a little, some other things come on. Her initial request was almost desperate. My child is demon possessed. Have mercy. Help me, son of David. But notice this. Let's look at verse, um, uh, let's see, verse 25. So verse 25, yes. Verse 25. Now, Jesus has been quiet. The disciples have said, send her away. Jesus has made this statement. I wasn't sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Notice what she does in verse 25. Then, uh, but uh, sorry, then she came and worshipped him. Now, she could have gotten discouraged because the disciples had said, send her away. She said, oh, you guys don't even want me around you. I'm going. She could have walked off. She could have got offended. She could have got upset. She could have said, what kind of preacher of love are you? You can't, you, you won't even talk to me. She could have got angry. 
should have, could have said, you've got a healing, I've heard you healing people, I'm in need and you're doing nothing, do something. She could have put more pressure on. She didn't do any of that. You know what she did? She worshipped. And in fact, the Amplified Bible says, but she came and began to kneel down before him. I want you to notice here, we've seen a little bit of determination. She's sticking with it. But what starts to come out of her is humility. Humility starts to come out of this woman. Um, when everything is not going her way, instead of getting upset and offended, she, she, she gets down as an act of humility. She gets, she lets go of her desperation and her come and help me. And she just worships him and, and gets down. And then, and, and again, as she's worshiping him, she then says again, Lord, help me. But here is some is a powerful truth. Many people have never learned how to link humility to faith. And it's one of the reasons their faith is not working. Humility. You see, I was saying this to the Bible school students this last weekend, and I'm going to put it on the record here. And I'll probably maybe at some point um, add some more about this. But I was saying this, you know, a lot of people struggle with faith because they say, well, that faith stuff is just like positive thinking. You know, in the, in the world, you get motivational speakers who are very into positive speaking and they tell people to go around saying, I'm a winner, I'm a winner, I'm great, I'm wonderful, I'm amazing. Look in the mirror and say, oh, I'm a, just an amazing person, I can do it. And then people hear the faith teaching and they say, yeah, that stuff's just positive thinking and positive speaking. No, 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 no. Don't get these two confused. Biblical teaching of faith is not just positive thinking, okay? It's a totally different thing entirely. See, positive thinking in the world focuses on you. I'm a winner. I'm great. I'm somebody. True biblical faith focuses on God, not on you. It doesn't say I'm wonderful. It says because of what the grace of God has done in me, he has made me into somebody. It's still positive, but the focus is God. And that takes humility. The Bible does not say or just say I can do all things. It says I can do all things through Christ. So it takes humility to take the focus off me and, and true faith focuses on what God does through me, what God does for me, not on how great and wonderful I am. Many people who say they're in faith are, are leaving off that part of it. And they're saying, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. That's not the full confession. I'm healed because God is my healer. Put the focus on him. Or people say, I'm a winner. I'm a victorious. I can do it. I can do it. Me, 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 me. I, 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 I. No, no. That is not biblical faith. That's secular positive thinking. Biblical faith says, I am victorious because thanks be to God. He's the focus. Thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph. There's a big difference between positive thinking and biblical faith. Don't get the two confused. I think in the church, there's been confusion over the two. And there's a lot of people who, who've heard faith and they say, oh, that's just positive thinking. So they go and listen to lots of positive thinking stuff and motivational speakers who focus all on me, how wonderful I am, how great I am. And then their faith loses all humility because humility focuses on God, not on you. And then they, what they're calling faith is all me, 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 me. No, that's not biblical faith. Biblical faith is I am healed because the Lord is my healer. His power is doing it. It's not about me and my faith and what I can do. It's the grace of God. My faith is confidence in the grace and power of God, who he is and in his ability working through me. Amen. I'm just throwing that out briefly because what I want you to see, this woman, humility kicked in with her faith. She began to worship. 
She didn't just keep putting pressure on. And many people are missing the humility aspects of their faith, and they've become very focused on themselves. And they're calling it faith, but it's not. It is a fake faith. It is an imitation. It's fool's gold faith. And it's why it's not working. Because true faith focuses on God, who he is and what he is doing through me. Amen. So notice this. She worshipped him. Now, this woman's response to Jesus not speaking to her is very important. Jesus didn't say a word to her. And then afterwards then says, I wasn't sent to the lost house of the sheep, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In fact, I'm not even convinced he said that to her. He's actually talking to his disciples. His disciples said, send her away. He says to his disciples in front of her, I wasn't sent to the lost, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He still hasn't even spoken to the woman. And, and you see, this is, this is the thing, how you respond when it, when it feels like heaven's silent, when God's not responding to you, how you respond is what matters. This woman responded by getting on her knees and worshiping an act of humility. Many people, their response is very different. What are the kind of responses you can have when it doesn't feel like things are going your way or where God's answering you? Well, some, some people get, get discouraged. Discouragement is a possible response. I don't know why God's not doing it and start to get down about it. Okay, some people totally quit and give up. Other people just begin to feel hopeless, like, oh, man, there's no hope. Nothing's ever going to work. Those are the responses of unbelief. Now, if that's what starts coming out of you when it seems like things are not working. Then we know instead of faith coming out, unbelief's coming out. Okay? Some people have a pity party when it feels like heaven's silent. Poor old me. Poor old me. No one ever listens. My friends don't listen. Now, not, now God's not even listening to me. Poor me. <laughs> then they go post it all over Facebook. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> okay? Other people get upset or angry or offended. You know, how, how would you like it if you went to a minister, asked them to pray for you, and they ignored you? They didn't even speak a word to you. It's totally ignored you. That's what Jesus did to this woman. Can you imagine the, the, the news headlines the next day? So-called preacher of love ignores needy woman. <laughs> Okay? Because she went straight to the newspapers in anger. How dare she do that? Are you gonna, I'm going to get to this, but sometimes standing up for your rights, uh, your natural rights, can hinder you receiving from God. Sometimes that is our response of pride when we want to get angry, when we want to get upset because things don't seem to be going quite right. Uh, this woman chose the response of humility. She got on her knees and she worshipped him. Okay? And the, 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 this is where things begin to start moving in the right direction. Now, the fact that she's persisting, she's not giving up, and she's now starting to show humility, this is now adding to her initial request. Her initial request was neutral. There was no faith in it. But now, as determination, persistence, and humility start to kick in, now the request starts heading in the direction of faith, starts to, starts to go right. So let's look at what happens next. Okay, let's look at look look at uh, uh, what began to happen next. Matthew, Matthew chapter fifteen. For people who are just joining us, we look at the Syrophoenician woman. We've seen that first of all, when she requested, there was no faith in her request, and Jesus didn't even answer her. So we've talked a little bit uh, up until in the last few minutes. We've talked about how to respond when it feels like heaven is silent toward you. Okay, and we've seen that this woman, this woman could have got upset. She could have got offended. Instead, she chose to humble herself. The Bible says when Jesus even said to his disciples, I'm not even sent to her. He, he, she got on her knees and she worshipped. She allowed humility to kick in. And this became this became the, 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 where the power connection started to happen in this situation. Matthew chapter 15, verse 26. Now, 
she's humbled herself. We've just seen she gets on her knees, humbles herself. Now, you would think now things are going to start happening. It's going to start working. Oh, not yet. Not quite yet. Things still looks a little bit worse. <laughs> okay. This is, this is where a lot of people lose it because somewhere in this process, they give up. She had a lot of opportunity to quit this woman. Matthew 20, 15, 26. Now he speaks to her. The first time he's spoken to her, he says, but he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. <laughs> what kind of worse insult could you give somebody? Now, okay, that is an insult. He's, he's, you know, now listen to me. Jesus is not being nasty. He's trying to help this woman. He's trying to draw faith out of this woman. He's trying to bring her to the place where, where her heart is showing determination and humility. And he says something potentially quite offensive to her. You know, we live in a world where, where, where you've got to talk right to everybody. You've got to treat everybody right. You say something slightly in the wrong tone of voice. They're going to run down the street crying and saying, he offended me. He upset me. With Everything these days is about not offending anybody, not upsetting anybody. You know, hey, be nice to people. I'm not saying be nasty to people. But, but how are you going to respond when someone doesn't talk to you nice? You know what happens? In the natural world, we're taught, get angry, fight for your rights, stand up for your rights. Somebody didn't talk to you right. Okay? okay? Jesus right now gives her an opportunity to get offended. He, he, he calls her <laughs> the dogs. In other words, the Gentiles, you bunch of dogs. That was, you could even say that was a bit of a racial slur. Nasty. And like I said, what could be taken as nasty, but Jesus is not trying to be nasty to her. He is trying to help this woman. Notice he has not sent her away like the disciple said. He is trying to help her. The children's bread. And many people have preached messages on that. It's not good to take the children's bread. What's the children's bread? The children's bread is the provision for the family. At that time, that was the Jews. But you know what? We're the children now. We're not. If you're a born again Christian, if you've received Jesus, then then you, you're in a far better position than this woman. This woman had no covenant, no promise. She was a Gentile. She, Jesus wasn't even sent her. She had nothing working in her favor, and yet she still got healed. You're in a better position if you're a Christian because you you do have a covenant, you do have a promise, and you are part of the family. And therefore, the the, the bread is available to you as children. Okay. But, but here, he says, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. He doesn't just call her a dog. He calls her a little dog. <laughs> that, like I said, that is quite insulting. This is something by today's standards that would be regarded as racist. And Jesus was not a racist. But he, he, is, he is putting something in this woman's path where she is faced with a decision about how to respond. If I'm going to receive from God, I'm going to have to respond right. Sometimes people's responses of anger and offense hinder them receiving from God. And they still say, well, I'm in faith. I'm believing God. But they're getting offended at things. They're getting upset at things. And it's hindering them. It's hindering what God's trying to do in their life. This woman had an opportunity to get offended. And uh, she, she had a choice. Do I keep my heart right? Do I keep my attitude right? Uh, do I keep on the right path? Now, as you can see so far, through the, as we've progressed through this conversation, we see that this woman has had multiple opportunities to give up. She's had multiple obstacles thrown in her path. First of all, Jesus ignored her. He didn't even talk to her. Second of all, Jesus said, not even to her, but to everybody else, he wasn't sent to her. And that was actually true. He wasn't. He was sent to the Jews at, at that time until the cross. Okay. Then the, then the third thing is Jesus insults her. Now, 
out of all of that, three things, out of all of that, this woman still sticks with it. She's still standing there. And each time she's making a decision to get her heart in a better condition, she's she's chosen to go from a neutral, desperate request to an act of humility of kneeling down before him. And, and then she's chosen to stay there and not leave when the disciples said, get rid of her. Each response from her to the challenges is actually helping her on the process to the point where just shortly after this, Jesus said, that woman's got faith. Why? Because she's responding right and faith, humility, determination and humility are coming out of her. She's got, a, she's got an opportunity to get offended. Okay. Well, what are you going to do if, if, if someone you go to to ask for prayer is not, doesn't quite talk to you right? Doesn't quite, doesn't quite respond the way you think you should. Many people storm out upset and, and offended, and they lose it right there. There's opportunity. See, sometimes the one thing that would offend you the most is the one thing that you've got to keep your heart right on if you're going to receive from God. Sometimes, I'm going to repeat that. Sometimes the one thing that will offend you the most is the one thing you've got to keep humility and keep your heart right on the most if you're going to receive from God. I'm not talking about natural things here. I'm talking about spiritual principles. I'm talking about the things of God here. In the natural world, everyone's about fighting for their rights and fighting and getting angry and offended if someone doesn't talk to me right. If someone blinks wrong at me in the wrong direction or sneezes in my direction, I'm going to scream and shout and get offended and stand up for my rights. That's the natural world. I'm not talking natural here. I'm talking God's principles, biblical principles here. This woman reacted uh, right. Now, Jesus has just called her a dog, said, you know, he's now he's now pretty much saying to her, not only do you have no covenant, not only do you have no promise, not only am I not even sent to you, you've got no minister sent to you, you've got nobody interceding and praying for you and standing up for you. Not only that, but what I've got isn't for you. You're a dog on the ground. It's only for the table. He has given her every reason to begin to start crying. So God's never going to do anything for me. Every reason. And by this stage in the process, a lot of people would be doing that. They would begin to start going around. They'd form new doctrines about how God doesn't answer everybody's prayer, about how it's not for everybody. They would have quit, given up, and walked out the door angry and offended a long time ago. Notice how this woman responds. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, verse 27. She said, yes, Lord. Now, now again, she's now she's calling him Lord. Still the humility coming out here. He, he, she could have said to him, I'm not going to call you Lord. See, even that reference is an act of humility to the man who's just insulted her. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall. Notice this. From their master's table she changes it from the children's bread to the ma their masters this is absolute humility coming out of this woman even the little dog she said fine i might be a little dog but and, and you might be the master you're the lord it's the master's table but you know what i'm still going to be humble humble and i'm going to thank you i can still have a crumb even a crumb was enough to heal her and to be honest with you i really believe she got a lot more than a crumb when you look at what happens but 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 this is incredible humility. Now, 
Now, now, now look how Jesus responds. Jesus' entire tone, his entire attitude, the whole way he's dealing with her responds from one of holding back resistance. And it feels like he's trying to make it difficult for her. And he's not. He's trying to help her. Finally, Jesus sees what he's looking for in this woman. And Jesus answered and said to her, oh, woman, great is your faith. Great. There's one of the best compliments you can get from God. Great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. So you can have your heart's desire right now. That's the kind of faith I'm looking for. There's no, there's no greater compliment from God uh, that you can get from God than that. Oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as your desire. And, and her daughter was healed from that very hour. Okay, that's worth it. Do you, do, you honestly, do you honestly think that it would have been better for her to get offended at being called a dog and to storm out? Would that have been better? Yes, she might have felt very justified. She might have stormed down the street and stayed angry at Jesus for the rest of her life. But you know what? Her daughter still would have been demon-possessed and unwell. Okay? She wouldn't have got a result. She would have, she would have not have received from God. She could have got quit, quit, you know, I don't know. I was going to say quit church because she wasn't a Christian, but that's what people would do today. Quit. The minister didn't talk to me right or, or things didn't go my way or it was harder than I thought it was going to be. And they could have walked out the door offended. Hey, you can stay angry as much as you like, but you know what? You still don't have your result. This woman chose her responses each time to be more humble, more, more humility, still persistent, still determined. And I, I can tell you this, it was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth not getting angry and offended. Sometimes people get angry and offended. They feel justified. They feel like, yes, yes, I'm justified in my response. And they miss out on what God's got for them. They miss out. God's got other things, better things for them, and they're missing out on them. So she humbled herself. Even like I said, she called it the master's table. She called him Lord. This is absolute humility coming out of this woman. And when Jesus saw that humility, when he saw the way she was talking, I, I believe it was even in the tone of her voice. She's worshipped. She's gotten down on her knees and she said, Lord, even the crumbs are enough. Jesus then says, now I'm seeing faith coming out of this woman. And he said, you can have it. There, take it. So, you know, and he doesn't just say faith. He calls it great faith. Like I said, only two people in the Gospels did, G did Jesus say they had great faith. Both were Gentiles. And last week we talked about how to have great faith. We saw this in the centurion. I believe great faith is available to all of us. It's not as complicated as we think it is. It is available to every Christian. And it is, these principles are the same. We saw humility in the centurion. We saw humility in this woman. Okay. And, and determination we've seen over and over again. Now, the reason I'm repeating these principles, because like I said, we're now coming to the lot. This is the last passage of the ones who came to Jesus from the next, from next week, we're going to start to look at the next group, which are the people that Jesus went to. So I'm rounding up a few principles, showing you the repetition of them here again. Uh, she stayed the course. She humbled herself and, and Jesus said, it's great faith, great faith. Okay. <clears throat> um, See, Jesus was not trying to make it hard. You've got to understand that. People think God's trying to make it hard on them. God's not trying to make it hard on you. God's not trying to withhold anything from you. Sometimes the responses that seem to be that it's, that it's challenging, that it's hard, it seems to be heaven is silent. Sometimes those responses are, are, are designed specifically to get you to respond right. And if you respond wrong, you lose out. You quit, you give up, but she didn't. Jesus was trying to help her. His silence gave her the opportunity to be persistent. 
and humble. His comments gave her the opportunity to be humble. Each thing he did gave her an opportunity to respond right. And by doing so, her heart attitudes were challenged and she was able to receive. Okay, But great faith. Great faith. Now, I started off this. Let me just round off with this. I started off saying this, that there's one thing that'll work where nothing else will. Well, it's what we've been talking about. There's, there's no great mystery in the answer to this. This is what you need to understand. When nothing else is getting you healed, faith will. This woman had absolutely nothing going in her favor. Like I'm going to repeat it. She had no covenant. She had no promise. She had no approach to God through the blood of an animal. She had didn't even have the law. She had no scriptures. She didn't even have Jesus uh, say, saying, I'm sent to you. She didn't even have th that access to the healing anointing upon him. He was saying, I'm not even sent to you. And, uh, and, 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 and an apparent resistance from him. So she had, and she had no minister, no other people praying on her behalf. She was all by herself. And the one thing that got her a result was her faith. You go into the Old Testament, you'll find there's a number of people who, who were Gentiles who get included into Israel and the Bible credits it to their faith. See, uh, the, the, the woman, was it Rahab? The woman who helped uh, when the spies went into, uh, into Jericho. And they spied out the city. Uh, she was a Gentile, and yet she, because she 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 helped them, uh, she 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 got included in. She got basically what we could say saved, and 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 the Bible credits her faith to that. There's a number of Gentiles who are even in the genealogy of Jesus. Now we would think the genealogy of Jesus should be a pure Jewish line. It's not. Okay, there's there's Gentile influence in there, but they people who showed faith. Um. And, and, and with him, we're going to go into it in depth. But you see, even through the Old Testament, when people showed faith in God, they were able to enter into something that wasn't available, actually technically available to them. And so Gentiles were able in the Old Testament to tap into the covenant and to tap into relationship with God. Here, this woman using faith, faith will get you results when nothing else will, if you know how to apply these principles. Now, what I've tried to show you in, in, in the series so far is it's not as hard or as confusing or difficult as many people have, have, have believed. And, and, and as we've been led to believe, we've been led to believe that faith is some kind of super, super force that only some can really get a hold of. No, it's not. Great faith. Every one of you listening can have great faith. and You can have it today. I'm not going to take you 10 years to build up. All of these principles, determination, humility, humility is absolute key to great faith and driving in. And as you begin to apply these principles, you can begin to find that is the one thing when there's nobody else to pray for you. There's no church to turn to. Everybody's ignoring your request. Faith can get it when nothing else can, because faith is the one thing that will always get results from God when put into practice properly. And we've been helping to teach you to, to put it into practice properly. So I hope you've begun to see this. Now, as I said, we, we, have, we have been speak, uh, looking at the passages where the sick person came to Jesus. And from next week, we're going to start to look at this, the other group. And this is the people that Jesus went to. And I'm going to launch off on this principle where Jesus said, I was not sent to you. We're going to look at this whole principle of, of, of God sending someone to a specific situation. Sometimes God does that. Sometimes God sends a, a person, a minister in to somebody to minister to them. And it's initiated by God. So we're going to see that the, a lot of, a lot of the, the, the next few passages we look at now, we're not going to really see the same principles of faith. Uh, faith is our approach when we go to God 
that's required. In the next set of uh, uh, next set, we're going to look at. We're going to see they don't really emphasize faith. They emphasize other things. They they emphasize some things about God, and there's some things about the minister that are talked about. And we're going to learn some powerful things about God still from them. Okay. But um, stick with us as we look at the next thing. Like I said, by the time we get through all of these, I, I really believe this puts together the whole puzzle. Each of these passages is another picture, another piece of the puzzle. I, I said that right at the start of the series that puts together a, a, a thorough understanding of the healing ministry. So please, I, I just want to encourage everyone to share these videos and, and 